When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, really, I established a relationship with all my subordinate leaders and the soldiers. They weren't just a name on a battle roster, a voice uttered into the radio to me, and I wasn't just a voice uttered on the radio to them. Everything I was saying, basing on where I wanted to go, was building a team, a group that completely trusted each other. You aren't going to establish that if you can't talk with each other if you can't interact with each other. It wasn't just my XO, my executive officer, or one or two platoon leaders. It was all my platoon leaders, all my platoon sergeants, my first sergeant, all the leadership of the troop. You know, I didn't do anything without that cast of 10 or 12 buying off on it. We went to lunch every day together. You name it. I mean, I had high standards but I communicated those standards and they knew why I had high standards. But to be some dictatorial commander with blinders on that just says, this is the path we're going to follow. I don't think that kind of leadership style and mentality could succeed with today's soldiers and NCOs. That's from Captain Clay Lyle, Commander, A Troop, 3rd Squadron of the 7th Cavalry. Yeah, so guys, uh, that... That is a passage that I took out of a book by Thomas Kolditz. Uh, the title of the book is In Extremist Leadership. Let me tell you how I came about this book, and, and, and then what David and I are going to do is we're going to break down some, some ideas on leadership. So I have a, a, an instructor of mine. He's a man-tracking instructor. His name's Cornelius Nash. He's a, he is a, a man-tracking instructor in enhanced tracking applications. Uh, he's also a West Point graduate, uh, spent a considerable amount of doing important work in the United States military. And uh, he and I, uh, he teaches man tracking classes. I've assisted him in teaching those man tracking classes, as well as I have studied under him when he's taught man tracking classes. And so um, he's probably one of the most effective communicators I've ever had the opportunity to learn from. And at one point in time, I asked him, could he recommend some resources for me to read? And so what happened was he, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do better than that. I'll give you a list. Um, and so one of the things he did is he sent me some links uh, because he's a West Point graduate. Most generals have a reading list that they publish. And you and I, anybody can go on Google and just, uh, just do a Google search on uh your favorite general or anybody that are admiral that you recognize from the military, just Google their name and reading list. And you'll more than likely just come across it rather easily. And uh, because these people in their job are constantly reading about how to do their job better. And some of these guys will share material that is good for NCOs. That's the non-commissioned officers as well as higher ranking officers up to, up to, and including generals. But, uh, 
this this gentleman, uh, Cornelius Nash, that gave me this reading list, the first book on it, he, he actually contacted one of his professors from West Point and says, hey, what's a good book for me to recommend to people to read on leadership? And it's this book. In Extremist Leadership by Thomas Colditz. And what Colditz did is, is in extremist leadership is basically how to lead people under stress in extreme conditions. And I've always thought that leadership and communication ability under stress is one of the most misunderstood and overlooked items of survival training. And so I've invested a tremendous amount of time, energy, and money in studying it. Uh, because I, I personally never spent time in the military. I've never been law enforcement. And so uh, I just have a, a, a fair amount of experience in the woods. And I knew that one, because now I'm tasked at certain times to teach some of these people, military and law enforcement, I'm tasked to teach them in the woods, disaster readiness and survival, uh, including man tracking as well that I wanted to be better and be a better communicator myself on what kind of environment that they're used to. And so this book provided that. Um, so what I thought we'd do is go through down through one of the things that Mr. Colditz did is he shared in his book, um, some of the primary things that were considered leadership competencies, the things that are necessary for somebody to be a good leader in stressful conditions, uh, that was put out. Uh, it was a survey that was done actually at the United States military Academy. And, uh, um, and, and these competencies are things that we can apply basically in our daily lives at home, at work, as well as for survival training as well. So I thought we'd go down through them. So how's that sound to you, David? Yeah, it sounds great, man. The first one is, uh, basically communication and being able to communicate effectively. Uh, a good leader is going to be somebody who displays good oral written and listening skills for individuals and groups. That's what I wrote down with that one. Um, uh, what what comes to mind when I bring that up, David? Anything come jump out at you? One thing that came to my mind was communication is key. I know early in my marriage, uh, that was that was kind of our mantra because people tend not to communicate; they tend to isolate themselves and and respond and react to people. So, having effective communication skills and especially listening skills is is vitally important. So. Uh, whether it's whether it's military, whether it's in business, whether it's you know with your spouse, with your children, uh, being a humble, good listening communicator that that communication is key, dude. Yeah. How about you? Same thing. I, I would just reiterate the idea of listening. Uh, most people tend to focus on the talking portion of of communication rather than the listening portion of it. Uh, so that was that's that's absolutely vital. We need to spend more of our time listening to what people are saying around us and, and utilizing it than, uh, than, uh, talking ourselves. That's for sure. Point number two here is decision-making. Um, the words that I wrote down from this book again are, uh, a good decision-maker is those who employ sound judgment and logical reasoning and use resources wisely. The first thing I, that jumps out at me because the context here is working with other people is the number one resource, and we, we have talked about this a little bit, the number one resource that we have around us is other people, other perspectives. We can get so caught up in our own problems, our own issues, our own, our own thing that it can multiply our blind spots. So 
surrounding ourselves with people that we trust, people that are on the journey with us, people that are bought into the direction that we're going. Absolutely. Uh, being able to function as a group is important. Absolutely. Mot- uh, absolutely important. Um, point number three is motivation. Uh, somebody that's a good leader is going to be able to, to inspire, motivate, and guide others towards their goals and objectives. Let me let me throw something out real quick, and then I'm going to get you to give your thoughts. One of the things that I started doing about a year ago, and it's absolutely changed uh, me in daily life, is is uh, again we talk we joke around a lot about me working out and stuff of that nature. And I used to listen to some music when I do that. And now, and and I still do on occasion, but more often than not, I listen to motivational speakers, uh, in the mornings rather than sometimes that is a podcast. Sometimes that is just five minute motivational. I have Spotify. So I just typed in motivational speakers and I listen to motivational speakers on Spotify. And, um, it's really changed my ability to communicate, I think, effectively with others. Uh, it's helped me, without a doubt, motivate me to get things done uh, in a more efficient way in my daily life, whether that's at home, uh, my work, and stuff of that nature. So uh, being able to motivate others and get them to where where they need to be is vital. What, what are your thoughts on that, David? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I'll take the other end of this. Uh, when we came out with the MSK1 knife, I had a heart to keep the manufacturing in the United States. Well, we were, you know, we were a nobody company out of out of nowhere working with manufacturers that have a lot of other projects that are going to bring them a lot more money. I learned this years and years ago when I was in the corporate world that bringing people along and getting them to buy into what you're doing and honoring their skills and their strengths and building teams that way is so, so important to not just getting things done in a just purely utilitarian way, but it's important to build teams. Um, I I feel like in my life, I've got several teams. In fact, uh, we do some video production work and we're working on the Kickstarter for the tiny survival guide. Right. And through several other projects that we've done, we have a, we have some voice talent that if you heard, well, when you hear the Tiny Survival Guide uh, voice talent that I have on that, you're going to say, wow, I've heard him on Discovery Channel. Wow, I've heard him uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. for National Geographic. Well, these guys are, are top notch. And uh, over the years, I've worked with them. And I, I literally just wrote uh, this particular man. And I said, I just want to thank you for being part of our team, you know, all these years. I mean, he's been working with us for about three years. And I think it's just important to to honor people, to uh, call them to, uh, to their best and uh, include them in, in what you're doing. And, and I, you know, I've just found that to be a particularly advantageous thing for everybody. Next on the list is planning. Uh, a good leader is someone who develops detailed ex- executable plans that are feasible, acceptable, and suitable. I will say without a doubt that this is where I fail miserably. <laughs> oh, 
as a leader. <laughs> I tend to feel like I'm behind the eight ball all the time. And so I get done what has to be done at times more often than I should. And I do not do a good job of, uh, of good detail, detailed plans. I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants a lot. So, and, and that's part of the reasons that, uh, that, um, uh, there's a certain amount of success that I haven't realized, I believe, because I'm not doing that. So, Oh, man, I, I really want to skip this one because <laughs> I get so far out ahead of my skis on so many things. And I mean, you you know, you're, you're kind of chuckling there because you know me enough. And then I I rain terror down on myself. I've said oftentimes that I'm, my, I'm the worst boss I ever had. And um it, it's gosh, I need a business manager. So if anybody, <laughs> if anybody has some spare time and they want to help me with planning, that would be awesome. My plans are mostly in my head on chalkboards and on, on sticky notes. So this is, this is an area that I am, I have been working on for the last year to push things off of my plate so I can really do a better job planning because actually that helps everything else out in the whole continuum of working with people. Next is executing. Executing is a leader who shows proficiency, meets standards, and takes care of people and resources. Getting stuff done. How many people? Man, I, there there was one organization I worked with that the, the gentleman that I worked with was incre- probably one of the most visionary people I've ever worked with. Uh, this is guy was an idea generator, and he just didn't have the capability and didn't surround himself with the people to make stuff happen and get it done. It, it was just it was really sad because I could see it. And uh, he actually could see it too. Uh, it was just the situation at the time didn't present itself where uh, he just surrounded himself with with people that could help get things done. Uh, but a leader's got to do that. And if a leader is a person that is the visionary and is the person that can't see that that things aren't getting done the way they need to, then they do exactly what you just said. They need to find a project manager that can. Uh, a person that can get all that stuff done, somebody is, that is detail-oriented and, and can make it happen. Yeah, the two things that I circled here were perf- proficiency and meeting standards. And I think those are really important because I think they can can really hone in a lot of things. Like, for instance, if you get 10 things on your bucket list that you have to get done like in the next month, but it's it's a year's worth of stuff, focus in on the most important one or two and get those done and make sure that they are the absolute best work that you can put out. Because I feel like, I mean, success breeds success, right? The people around you that are supporting your efforts, uh, cheering you on, are part of your team, are seeing that what you're doing is you're putting out high quality work versus just getting stuff done and knocking things off your list. Things that are just falling short, they're not well planned, they're not well executed you're just going to start losing the trust of your team and and people around you do it right or don't do it at all. I think it just gets down to that. So proficiency and meeting high standards, I think really brings a team along. There's several more here, but they can all to a degree get clumped into one thing. And that is improvement. And that it kind of segues really well with what you were just saying and that we've got to be looking for any opportunity that we can to improve the status of those that work at our level, those that work for us, those that work above us, 
and the people that were there to serve. If we're developing like you are developing a knife that meets a meets a need for people, then you need to be all those organizations you work with. You need to be working with them. But you also need to keep in mind that you're trying to meet the needs of the people that are going to be buying the knife. Right. Because you want to sell the knife and you want it to be a good tool when they have it. Uh, same thing with our tiny guide that's coming out. We wanted to have a resource that's real useful to people. But we've got to constantly be in the business of improving ourselves. Um, as far as survival training is concerned, man, I'm just telling you right now, to be brutally honest, that's the thing that's missing. Uh, you very rarely see a guy that is running a survival school that is regularly challenging him or herself and is going and training and learning from other people. They feel like they've got it. Uh, and they give the impression that they've got it. And, uh, and, and there's a certain person that follows that type of individual. And uh, that's not the type of person I want come to my classes. Uh, I, I want people that know that I'm constantly uh, growing. So if you watch a video of mine from five years ago, uh, I'm not going to say the same exact thing this year because hopefully I've grown and that doesn't mean that there's some basics and fundamental things, but, but that are going to constantly stay the same, but I'm always on the grow and learning and, and growing and, and studying and getting better at what I'm doing. And I think we always need to be encouraging those that are around us that are under our leadership uh, to be doing the same thing, encouraging people to be out learning and growing and, and, and improving the situation and, improving organizational growth. You know, the old, the old saying is if you're not growing, you're dying. And I actually really like a lot of cliche stuff like that. I think it's kind of weak, but that one I really like. Yeah. I think the one thing I would add to this list too, and, and you totally hit on it. I think a lot of this falls apart. You talk about ego a lot. That's the uh, opposite of humility. I, I think it's very difficult to work with people, to listen to people, to care for people if you're walking in ego and it gets a whole lot easier if you're walking in humility. hundred percent. But I think we need to go back to this idea. I mean, we've talked about as far as faith-based things are concerned. There, there's a difference between being meek and being weak. Uh, they're not the same thing. Just because somebody's meek does not mean they're weak. And uh, I think we need to keep that in mind. We need to have that servant mindset. Uh, a perfect example is that somebody comes to a class that I'm teaching and they're struggling with something. I can make them feel good about themselves and tell them they're doing a great job, but that really does not actually help them. It may be, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, some version of tough love, just being frank and honest. Uh, and, and that just takes somebody that's a good communicator to do that without focusing on the person. But uh, when we're, you know, our goal as instructors, like when I'm teaching a class or educator or leader of an organization, is to constantly be truthful and honest in a strong way, uh, in an honest way. And sometimes that's not comfortable, but we need to work on our communication skills so that we can get that done. Yeah, there's one thing I just thought of when you mentioned that, Craig, and just something that I've learned from you over the years in, uh, you know, training folks together oftentimes you'll, people will be having a problem and you'll say, well, what's the problem here? And when they identify the problem, you, you will simply say, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I mean, it's, it's simple, it's straightforward. And, you know, you haven't told people what to do, but you've listened to the problem. You've, you've helped them think through it. Now fix it. 
And I, I think it can be as just as simple as that. It is. And, and people, people get struggling and they look outside themselves for the answer sometimes when actually the answer is right there inside of them. Um, but we get hung up. The, the wall sometimes is the problem itself. And so we get focused on the problem being um, or, or the problem being the thing that stops us. I'll never forget one of the trainings that we did up in Pennsylvania. There was a there was a husband and wife team. One of the things, just to just to give you an idea, of some of the things that we do when we're doing a fire building section and everybody's struggling and competing against one another. One of the things that we do is we come by and we'll dump water on their fire just to aggravate them and see how they react <laughs> to it. And, uh, sometimes I kick the fire apart or Clint will, or some variation of it. More often than not, people go, Whoa, Whoa, wait, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? All that kind of stuff. That's a team that's focusing on the problem. And I'll never forget uh, a team that won the last, I think it was the last time we trained up there. I came by and dumped a whole cooler full of water on a team that was just, I mean, probably five seconds from winning and dumped water on it. They did not even blink an eye. They immediately started pulling their fire material apart, finding what was dry, got it started back, and ended up winning. And it was simply because they did not focus on the problem. The situation was they had to build a fire, and they had to get that fire to a certain height and had to do certain things. If you want to know what that is, you need to come to class. In so doing, they just got right back into finding a solution rather than focus on the problem. And I, and I think that's that's that was a wonderful example for me. Uh, and it was an example for everybody else around them. We actually have those little documentaries of those trainings in uh, Ultimate Survival Tips on YouTube. If I'm remembering correctly, we we have that scene on video. They didn't even look up. It, they did not even look up. It's right there on video. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it, I hope it's easy for people to find because you, you can see me come by and just dump the water on. And, and they literally, as David said, they didn't even look up. They immediately started grabbing material that was dry and building the fire back. It was, it was fantastic. Well, Craig, I think this was a great segment. Guys, let us know what you think of these sorts of segments. I, I actually really enjoyed this. I didn't, I didn't know if I would or not, but this was fantastic, Craig. This was Craig's idea. Golf clap for Craig. <laughs> so Craig. Yeah, guys, we're, guys and gals, we're, what we hope to do is, is we're going to, both David and I and many of you all have, are big-time readers. We like to read. And so what we thought we'd do is maybe have a segment where we share a book. And again, the book today that we're sharing from is called In Extremist Leadership by Thomas Kolditz. That's K-O-L-D-I-T-Z, In Extremist Leadership. In extremist, that's Latin, uh, in the midst of extreme conditions, leadership. So basically, uh, you can check it out for yourself. Uh, fantastic book. Really good book. I'm going to have to get this book after I finish Extreme Ownership by Jocko. Oh, I got, I, I read his too, man. That's, that's a, we're, we're definitely going to share stuff from that book, man. I would, I would love to get that dude on this show. We got to do that. Well, Craig, you want to take us out? Hey, everybody, subscribe to the podcast now. Hey, are you listening to me? Now. No, 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 not two seconds from now. Now. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate it. Give us that five-star rating because, you know, that does my little heart some good. I'm a big, cuddly teddy bear. And so when you give me that five-star rating, we really like it. David giggles like you can hear him giggling in the background right now when he sees that five-star rating. And uh, so we really appreciate it. Uh, so as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the survival show podcast. Keep it simple, be positive and stay sharp.